so we're still celebrating this Christmas season, right? Gift giving is kind of the, the, the flavor of Christmas, right? We all want certain things, right? Especially if thinking about when I was a kid, that the question is, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want Santa to bring you, right? And you either have those kids where when they're asked, what do you want for Christmas? They'll either say, I don't know, uh-huh. Or the kids, when they're asked, what do you want for Christmas? Well, it's funny you ask. I have this list right here typed out, prepared, with all the things that I'm ready that I want for Christmas, right? Those kids who know exactly what they want. And if there's that one thing that they're waiting for, they're going to make sure they're extra well-behaved, right? They're going to make sure that, that desire is going to affect the way that they act. They want that thing, and so they're going to act just right. They're going to be on their best behavior, so that maybe, just maybe, they might get that one thing that they're really waiting for, right? That's just one little example, but we all have these desires. We all have, um, we all want things, and those desires cause us to do certain things, right? We all desire, we have these desires for food, right? I'm hungry, I desire food, so I'm going to go and eat, I'm, I'm going to act based on that desire, right? I have desire to succeed in school or in work, to make good grades, to, to do well, so that's going to motivate me to act and behave a certain way. I'm going to study, I'm going to you know, be, do, be diligent in my responsibilities at work, whatever that may look like, because of that desire for success. I had here a desire for a Saints Super Bowl victory, but that is uh, out of the window. Um, but a desire maybe for an LSU national championship, right? Still have, still have that to go for. Um, so that we have these, some of these granted some superficial desires, right? That Saints loss is not going to throw me into a, a tailspin of depression. I hope not, at least. Um, I'll, I'll get over that. These are kind of more superficial desires, right? Um, they're not going to really impact the, the core of my life. We have deeper desires, though, as well. We have desires for, for, for happiness, right? We have desires for security, desires for fulfillment, Right? We have these deeper desires, and I think perhaps the deepest desire, a desire to be really seen, desire to be known, a desire to be loved fully by somebody else, right? You can call it many different things, a desire for love, this desire for communion. It's kind of this, this ache in our hearts that's always there, right? And not just to be seen, known, and loved, but to be fully and securely seen, known, and loved. To know that there's nothing that can happen to me or nothing that I can do that's going to erase that love. Right? Despite the darkness, despite my mistakes, despite whatever things may be bringing me shame, the security of knowing that that love is not going to go anywhere. We have this, this aching for that. It's just kind of inherent in our hearts. So we do a lot of things to satisfy that desire. That ache never really seems to go away. These wise men, I think, they had a desire. They were looking for something. The scriptures say they saw the star at its rising. So that means they were looking for something. And they were looking to the stars, they were looking to the heavens to satisfy this desire. They had this sense, they weren't even Jewish, they, they didn't know a lot of the Jewish things, um, but they had this sense that the things of the earth couldn't really satisfy them. And so they were looking for something more. They knew there was something greater up in the heavens, up in the stars, that could satisfy that desire. And they saw this star, and something told them that there's a fulfillment, and that they knew somehow that there was some, something that could satisfy that desire of their hearts. And they were so greatly moved by that desire 
that they were willing to drop everything, to pack up, and to leave everything that was familiar to them, everything that, everything that they knew, to go. They said they were from the Far East, so they traveled a long way to an unknown land as foreigners because they were moved by this desire. They were looking for that satisfaction, this ache that they had in their hearts, and they knew that there was the fulfillment, this fulfillment of all their desires. And they thought, if this is possible, then I have to, I, we have to go. We have to go and we have to search for this fulfillment. And they journeyed a long way. And I imagine that journey wasn't an easy journey. I imagine in this, these days of following the star, there were days when it was cloudy. They didn't know where the star was. There were days when they would feel lost. In the, in the gospel today, they have to stop and ask Herod for directions because they don't know where they're, they're lost. They don't know where to go from here. It's not just a instantaneous thing. They journeyed and they persevered through that journey. They persevered through feeling lost, perhaps alone, confused, in a strange land, not knowing where to go. They persevered through that until they found what they were looking for, until they came to where the star was resting over them and they encountered this fulfillment of their desire in a little child, in God come to earth, in this encounter, they find this fulfillment. And I want to notice, point out three things that the scripture says in that encounter that, that, that struck me as, as, I, as I sat with this passage. The translation that we had it said, says something along the lines of they rejoiced at, at, um, at seeing the child. I forgot what the exact words were, but it was pretty much just one word. With the, with the, so that's a translation of the Greek text. What the Greek actually says is something more along the lines of they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. It doesn't just say they rejoiced. They're putting special emphasis on the fact that when they encountered God in this way, there was an overwhelming joy. They could have just said they rejoiced, but they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. We're putting special emphasis on the fact that when they meet this satisfaction this, of, of the desire that they're longing for, there's an overwhelming joy that overtakes them at that encounter. At that encounter with God, it, it is the fulfillment of all their desires. Then, moved by this overwhelming joy, it says they worshipped. They prostrated themselves, they fell down before him and did him homage. Because at that encounter, and the joy of that encounter, they recognize, I cannot satisfy myself. I cannot fulfill myself. Here is the one who, who, who can be my satisfaction, and who desires nothing more than to, to, to give me that security of love that my heart is longing for. And they fall down before him in worship of that. They submit themselves to this God who desires that for them without even knowing perhaps much of the scriptures because they, they of where they were from, that encounter of God revealed something supernatural to them and they knew that God was this fulfillment. And then they offered gifts to him. They were moved by this love and this joy that they had experienced and they were moved to give, give, of, of, give what they had to this God. They gave themselves fully, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, 
great gifts with great symbolisms behind them, they offered themselves to God in that encounter. They were moved to give themselves to this God who had finally come to meet this desire that they had. That very experience is the experience that Jesus longs to have with each one of us. He calls each one of us in these unique ways, in the unique experiences of our life. He places certain desires of our, on, on our hearts, and these desires ought to move us to do something, to seek him out. Just like desire for food moves us to do something, desire for, for this love moves us to do something, to seek the fulfillment of that desire with everything, because it's the deepest desire that we have. And God, more than anything, longs to satisfy that desire. And in seeking him and finding him, he longs more than anything to give us this overwhelming joy, this greatest joy that we couldn't possibly imagine that comes from the security of being fully seen and known and loved by this God. And the beautiful part, even more than that, that it's highlighted in this mystery of Christmas that we're celebrating today, is that we're not like the Magi who are just seeking the star. We're not just on this crazy journey looking for God. God does the work for us. It's not just us seeking God. It's God coming to seek us. That's what we celebrate in Christmas, this mystery of the Incarnation. God crashed through and broke into our human nature. He broke into this world so that he could come to meet our desire. His desire comes to meet our desire. He seeks us so that we may seek him, and those desires come together. Those desires meet. In a particular way, that, notice where the, the wise men found Jesus. They found him in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, in Hebrew, means house of bread, and in Arabic, it means house of flesh. Jesus, today, every time we come to Mass, recreates this great mystery of us and God by coming down to meet us in this bread become flesh, to satisfy that desire. In this reception of him, Jesus is pledging to us, I'm coming to become one with you as you receive me, each and every one of us, into the realities of our lives to satisfy and to satiate this desire, this aching of our hearts that moves us to do so many things. This ache that we're going to fill in one way or another, and he, he is the only answer and longs to be the only answer that satisfies that desire of our hearts. And the way we come to that encounter, the way we satisfy that desire, this desire for love and for communion, is through the experience of love and communion and relationship through the Lord, which is prayer. That's how we come to experience, and to, to experience God in that way in our hearts. The way that he, he desires to come and make himself manifest in us is through prayer, through that conversation with him, through the, through the use of our voices and bodies at the Mass, offering the sacrifice, receiving him in communion. All these things are ways that we enter into this relationship with Jesus. And if that's not there, if that foundation's not there, any pursuit of holiness that we're trying to do is going to fall. If that foundation's not there, we're building our house on sand. 
And if something's so simple, of course, the priest is going to get up here and tell everyone to pray. And it's so simple, yet so easy to slip away from. I spent the last week in Phoenix with about 50 of our college students um, for a conference. Um, but focus puts on kind of equipping them to be leaders um, in, in, in our campus ministry efforts. And something that stuck out to me over and over and over again is just this conviction um, of, of the importance of being authentic and honest in my relationship with Jesus. Right? Every time that I struggle, every time that I start to hear these lies, believe the doubts, compare myself to others, get anxious about all the things that we're doing or not doing, I start to kind of feel overwhelmed by this ministry, it's because I've moved myself away from that relationship. Either I'm, I've, 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 I cut back on prayer, I'm, I'm in prayer, but I'm kind of thinking about all these other things, I'm not truly present to this relationship with Jesus. And because I'm moving myself away from him, the other voices get louder and louder and louder. Because I stop seeking him, I start looking at all of these other things. And I had an experience this morning. We had a, we had a 26-hour bus ride, so that was fun, there and back. So didn't sleep at all on the bus on the way back. So I got home last night. I slept 10 hours. Fantastic. And I got up and said, all right, I need to pray, right? I had some things to do. So I said, before I do all that, I need to go and do my holy hour. And then I had the thought, I really need to wash clothes. I really need to, to unpack. I need to get things settled. I need to do this or that or whatever. And I had a moment where I, thank God I had this moment where I recognized I'm seriously even considering going to wash clothes before talking to Jesus. Right? But it's so, it, the, the devil is so subtly easy in making us, you know, you don't have time to do that. You're not worthy of doing that. Who do you think you are? He throws all these things at us, right? And the call is to not lose sight of the star, to not lose sight of the seeking. Still haven't washed the clothes, but <laughs> I, 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 I kept, I, God gave me that grace of recalling to mind what I had experienced that week to seek him. And if I seek him, all the other things fall into place because I'm secure in that love and I'm secure in that relationship and the more secure I am in that all these other things don't matter I don't have the need for all these other things because I'm secure in that love I want to close with this um, this Christmas story right is the day that the whole world was changed forever all of humanity was changed forever on that day. Notice how obscure it was. The Middle East was not the, the most top-end part of the ancient world. Bethlehem was not the biggest town in the Middle East. And a small cave in a small town of an unimportant part of the world is where everything changed forever. There's an obscurity in that. Jesus was born, and nobody knew, except a couple shepherds and these magi. There's an obscurity in, our, in, 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 in that transformation, right? In the very same way, there's an obscurity 
and how Jesus seeks us. He doesn't seek us most of the time in these big retreats, these big conferences like SLS or Seek or Steubenville or these kinds of things. He seeks us in the obscurity of our lives. He seeks us in the days after the big events. That daily, obscure seeking of the Lord is where true transformation and true conversion happens. Let's follow the wise men. Let's notice the star and not leave the star, not take our eyes off the star, but in these little ways, in the obscurity of our own lives, follow the Lord and let us encounter him every day. Amen.